0: We are on our Ten Commandments series with an episode on the Third Commandment, Remember the Sabbath Day. Now, a lot of us kind of understand what it is, but maybe even the word Sabbath is somewhere out there for us. Hey, it's Amber, wife, mother, type A child of God. Here are little things we look at everyday issues from a biblical perspective with one simple goal, to know and love God more. Thanks for listening. Before we get to the Ten Commandments, I want to remind you that Pastor Jeremy Maddock is also covering the Ten Commandments in his podcast, Bible Breath. If you haven't heard Pastor Jeremy teach, you should know that he is incredibly gifted at taking really hard concepts and breaking them down into easy to understand bite-sized pieces. So it'll really add a lot to your study of the Ten Commandments if you listen to him. So just check out the episode notes and we'll put a link there to send you right on over even the word sabbath is somewhere out there for us. So, Luther breaks this down and says the word sabbath really means holiday, which is the Hebrew word for rest. It means to set apart. And God commanded in the Old Testament that his people keep the, sab- the sabbath, the seventh day, as a day of no work. It was it was to be a completely and totally different day set apart, they weren't supposed to work, they weren't supposed to, you know, trade or do business or anything like that. And Luther makes the point to say, you know, that was the Old Testament law that was for a particular time, place, persons, and that is now fulfilled in Christ, which is good news for those of us who have to work on Sundays sometime. So Luther said, you know, the Old Testament law was for God's Old Testament people And we no longer are meant to not do any work on the Sabbath day or the seventh day or the day that we set aside. So he said, don't worry about that. That's sort of an outward thing. But he also mentioned, you know, we would do well, especially those of us who are, you know, common, ordinary laborers, people who work for a living. He said, we would do well to let our bodies rest. So it's not commanded, per se, by God anymore. But Luther said, hey, you know, the heart behind it, God's heart was to give his people a day off, give the animals a day off, um, the servants a day off to rest, rejuvenate. And that, it's not a bad thing, even though it's, it's no longer part of this deal. So that's just a little side note. So if that isn't what this commandment is about, then what is this commandment about? Well, first of all, Luther said, you know, it doesn't have to be a certain day of the week. So Sunday doesn't have to be your church day. If you work the weekends and your church offers a Monday service or a Thursday service, great. Doesn't matter. It doesn't have to be one particular day of the week, but it is a time set aside to meet with God's people, to hear God's word, to sing his praises, and to pray together collectively for the things in the country that are going on, or maybe for someone who's sick or whatever. And Luther says we really get this wrong if we are just lazy and we're like, well, it's my day off. I don't want to get up. If we don't take it seriously, and to me, taking it seriously starts for my family on Saturday. So we do go to church on Sundays. I teach the teen Bible class where two of my children are are participants. And I always say, you know, if you're out late on Saturday night and you can't get up Sunday morning, you have not properly prepared. Every Saturday we know what Sunday morning brings, right? It's not a big surprise like, "Oh, right, we need, we get up for church and Sunday school." So, keeping our Sunday morning is about starting on Saturday, knowing, "Hey, I'm getting up early tomorrow, so I'll stay out late Friday night. Saturday I'll be in at a decent time so I can get out of bed, be ready, And go with a heart that's ready to listen and learn. And that is really the heart of this. And that's what Luther really wants to get at. Because breaking this commandment, remember the Sabbath day, is really about, you know, either being too lazy or despising God's word or feeling like it's just boring or dull. Or he says Satan works really hard to convince us that we know it all, which is just, absolute craziness there's no way you can know the whole bible the, the bible is the heart and mind of god and man it is living and active we're told and what that means is is that every time you read through the bible it's going to speak to you just a little bit differently because you're at a different phase in your life different things are going on you're a little bit older you've experienced more so There's never a time for any of us, people who have taught the Bible, people who have been listening to the Bible their whole life long, there's never a time that we can go, hey, I know it all. I'm good. I really don't need to go to church anymore. What? Are you kidding me? God always, always will um, bless us when we're in the word. It may be that he strengthens us or enriches us or encourages us. He may be showing us something. He may be admonishing us, warning us about something. But there's never a time that we just are listening to the word collectively or on our own where we just go, well, this is a total waste of time. Even when you are reading the Old Testament laws and you're kind of going, this is burdensome that's the point. that Right there, you got it. We can't keep it. That's what it's meant to show us. You think you can do this perfectly? No way. That is what, that's the idea. I can't even keep a fourth of this. How could I earn my way to heaven if I have to keep this? I can't. And so wherever we're at in the Bible. There's always something to be learned if we are going to God with a heart that's ready to listen and learn and um, hear the things that God wants to show us. And that's the point. Luther says, really, the other way that we mess this up is when we refuse to listen and put God's word into practice. So James 1 verses 23 to 24 say this. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. What was the point of looking in the mirror if you don't even remember what you just saw? Same thing. We can go sit in church, listen to a sermon, walk away and not be changed. Jesus put it this way in Matthew 7, verses 24 to 27. Everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the wind blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the wind blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. If you've ever been at the beach, my family loves the beach, and built a sand castle, you know, even if you put it at what you think is a safe distance away from the shore, When high tide comes, that thing is going to be washed away. Jesus is saying the same thing. Look, if you listen to the word, but don't put it into practice, you're just on sand. You're just on this slippery foundation. You're not actually doing what it says. You're not reaping the reward and the benefit of being in the word. Being in the word and putting it into practice Jesus is saying here, it's going to help you to weather the storms of life. You're not going to have to be like that crazy person going, you know, all over calling everybody, you know, you are not going to believe what just happened. Okay. (laughs) You're going to be like the person who has already read of God's promises. That he's in the situation. He's going to work it out for good. He will never leave us and forsake us, that he loves us with an everlasting love. You will know that so that when the storms of life come, you will go, God, I mean, I don't I don't get it. I, I don't know what to do here. But what I do know is I do know who you are because I've read in your word and I do know that you see me because I'll, all throughout the Old Testament, all throughout the New Testament, I know that you were intimately involved with those people, which means you are intimately involved in my life. And I may not know which direction to go, but I know that when Hezekiah went to you, I know when David went to you, I know when people didn't know what to do, you showed them. So I'm open, Lord. Show me. Send me someone into my life to show me the right way. Make the direction clear. Give me a path. Help me to do this in a way that pleases you, honors you, glorifies you. When you're in the word, you can hold God to his promises. When you haven't been in the word, you're not going to know what the word says. So when the storms of life come along, you're just tossing and Going back and forth and and it's the worst thing ever and you don't know what to do and so you're calling all your friends and you're running around like a chicken with its head cut off and you're not even taking the time to pray because you've already forgotten who's in charge and who can do something about the situation and you don't know anything else to do. When we're in the word, God grounds us in who he is and what he can do. And how faithful he is. He reminds us over and over and over how much he loves when his people come to him. In fact, God gets angry when his people don't come to him. When they have a problem and they don't come to him, that's when he's like, why am I even here? Guys, over here, remember? I'm the one who loves you. I'm the all-powerful. I like to be called on when these things happen. That's what god loves is when his people come to him and wait for him and trust he's in the situation no matter what that doesn't happen from not being in the word that doesn't happen when we don't know the word and it doesn't it's a, it's a lot harder to happen when we're not around god's people i can be frazzled until i get around somebody else Who's in God's word, and they're like, Amber, God's here. He's got it. I love, love, love being around the elderly pillars of our church, the people who have been through so many storms. And when things come up and they very even keel, just say, God knows, keep praying, keep trusting. You know what you got to do. Go to God. It's just the most refreshing thing in the world. That's why we keep this holy. That's why we treasure God's word. That's really what this commandment is about. Making sure that we keep God's word in its rightful place in our life. So, you know, it's not an afterthought. It's not a, oh, we'll go to church if we feel like it or if we've had enough sleep or if it's been a good week or if we've lost all the weight or if our life is going well no we go to church because we're God's people and we love his word and we need to pray collectively together and we need the fellowship of the saints to keep going on and it's not just about um going to church on Sunday. It's about loving God's word and wanting to be in it the other days of the week. That's where we really get built up in the word to to sustain us and to keep us going. And again, I've said this so many times, I'm just gonna say it one more time. Well, that's not true. I'll probably say it many more times, but find yourself one other person to study the Bible with get in a Bible study. Join a mom's group at church. Get in an in-home Bible study. Somehow get in the Word. Because when you get in the Word with another group of Christians, it becomes this amazing support group. And you're just really building yourself up in God in order to be fortified to get through the things of life. So, Luther said, even if you know God's word perfectly, which is impossible, good luck trying to get, you know, 66 books of the Bible memorized. He said, you are daily in the devil's kingdom. Why do we need to be in church? Because we are daily in this world that is full of temptation, and it's full of all these ideologies that are absolutely contrary to God and his word. We need to be going and getting our, you know, boost to go back and weather all that we have to go through the rest of the week, because Satan is working really hard to pull us away. Luther said the word is is effective whenever it is seriously contemplated, heard, and used How do you use the word of God? You use it to teach, to rebuke, to correct. As we know the word of God, we can use the word of God. And we can also use the word of God to ward off Satan. You know, when temptations arise, we can say, no, we're not going to do that. Just as Jesus did. When Satan came to Jesus to tempt him, Jesus used the word of God. And said, no, no, that's not true. And this is why that's not true. So when Satan comes to us and says, you are just worthless. You, nobody loves you. Nobody cares. You can say, absolutely not. You know why? Because in the Bible, it says, I am part of the chosen people, a holy nation, the royal priesthood, the people belonging to God. I am chosen. God chose me. I'm holy. I'm set apart. I'm royal. I'm part of God's royal family. And I belong. Try again, Satan. That's not going to cut it with me. When we know the word of God, we can use it to get through our days, our weeks, our months, our years. And then Luther said one other thing that I think is really, really important. He said, it pleases God more than anything we do, any other good work. So if you build a church, or if you are volunteering six or seven days a week, but you're not getting in the word, you've missed the boat. Because what pleases God more than anything is when we get in his word, and we care about what's on his mind. And it shows that we love him and that he's got our heart. He's got our affection. I want to listen to you, God. I'm coming before you day after day after day and saying, teach me. I'm here. I'm at your feet. And then the works that we do, after we're filled up in the word, then we can go do powerful works in God's kingdom. But if we're doing works in the kingdom without listening to God's word. We've got it all wrong. We know this for certain because of the account of Mary and Martha. Martha opened her home to, God, uh, to Jesus. Very pleasing thing to do. Opened her home, brought him in, you know, wanted to prepare a meal. That's awesome. But you know what she didn't do? She didn't sit down and listen to him. And Jesus said, Martha, you got it wrong. One thing's needed. You know what's needed? What your sister is doing. Sitting down, listening to me. That's what I want. More than a meal. More than a clean house. More than anything else. I just, I want you here. I want to teach you things. I want to show you things. I want to show you how much I love you. I want to show you the plan. We miss the boat way too often when we despise the word. When we put it off, when we are doing all these good things, but we forget to get in the word, we've got it all wrong. We're breaking this commandment. That's why we need to study these commandments to remember again what God wants from us and how to live the life that will really honor and glorify him. This has been Little Things, because in God's kingdom, the little things are the big things. Next week, we're going to be looking at the fourth commandment, which is the only commandment with the promise. And that promise is often misunderstood. So tune in next week to hear about authority, how we should treat our parents, how we should treat the government, how we should treat our pastors and called workers, and what God means with this promise that he offers at the end of that commandment. See you next week. Thanks for listening.